Hey, welcome to the podcast. Uh, I'd like to know, why are we giving, you know, heavy armaments to Ukraine? Wasn't that a bad idea just three weeks ago, according to Joe Biden? Uh, so we have that, an escalation there. And the good news is the president hasn't said a word about Shanghai. We go into what's happening in Shanghai. It is horrific, horrific. And no one's saying anything anywhere around the world. Why? Because we've been bought, bound, and gagged, and sent over to China ourselves. We are all, we're bought and paid for by the Chinese. So God forbid we ever say anything out loud. Also, the cult of wokeism. Why its understanding is so important to change the argument and actually make progress if you believe in, I don't know, a little something called reality. All that and more on today's podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Yesterday, I have been so busy. uh, I'm sorry to say, and following so many other stories, I have not really been following Shanghai Uh, Other than, you know, briefings. Uh, And I have neglected this story, uh, much to my shame. Yesterday, I spent the time to actually look at some of the videos. Tell me when you're when you have videos ready. Are you ready? Um, Let me just start here. The U.S. has pulled all non-essential consulate employees from Shanghai while warning Americans not to travel to the major Chinese city because of a brutal lockdown that could leave them separated from their kids. (laughs) Didn't we see something like that here in America? I mean, I just heard a story yesterday where somebody, where was it, in Chicago? Or maybe it was the Mayo Clinic. They were doing a kidney transplant. And it was a dad giving the kidney to his son and his dad hadn't had the vaccine. And so they wouldn't take his kidney and give it to his son. May I ask the question to all of the hospitals? You got a guy who's dying from a car wreck or maybe already dead, but his kidney is still functioning, but he's brain dead. Do you not use his organs because he didn't have a vaccine? Do you even check on that? This is insanity, what's happening. And we still haven't lifted our emergency. Our kids, literally, according to teachers in Fairfax County, Kids now entering the first grade can't even tie their shoes. They are so far behind. Our suicide rate is so high. And remember, China is the model on just about everything in America now. The World Economic Forum, China is the model, the way to structure society. Our CDC, our... our, um, Our God, Dr. Fauci, China is the model. In Shanghai, they've locked everyone in their homes. So, you know, Shanghai is 
Shanghai is a modern city. Shanghai has 26 million people. And they are starving them to death. They're locking them in. In fact, can we show the uh, first video? I think the video that we have of the, uh, it looks like Central Park in New York. It has all of the, um, uh, yeah, that one, please. Uh, It has, listen to this. These are the people screaming in hunger. Now, this guy is saying that revolution is coming because people are starving to death and this is just the beginning. Listen to that. You also have... Well, let me start here. I, I don't think this is as, as disturbing uh, as the one I'm going to show you. So let me start with this, because this is disturbing. And if you happen to be watching The Blaze, um, you will see these images. Um, I want to show you the how they're rounding up animals. Your dogs, your cats. They are either clubbing them to death in the streets... Or they just pick them up and they're throwing them into bags like trash bags. This is video of all of these cats and dogs in trash bags. They're alive. They just throw them in these trash bags. At first I thought, because I lived in New York for a while, I thought it where they were bags of garbage and there were rats in them because that's the way it happens in New York. You see a trash bag move. There aren't cats and dogs in them. They're rats. Uh, these are bags where the dogs and cats have been rounded up, thrown into trash bags, and left by the side of the road. People are being forced to give up their dogs. They are being kicked and clubbed in the street. You're listening on radio. Uh, good. I'll describe what you're seeing if you are... Watching on the blaze, there is a there's a real problem in Shanghai now as people are starving to death and they are locked into their apartments. Now imagine Central Park and imagine all those tall buildings, except these are taller, all those tall buildings that wrap around Central Park. What's happening now is people can't take it anymore. They're starving to death. There is no food. They're not allowed to leave. If they do leave, they're taken to a camp where most likely you're going to be beaten to death or die. And so they are experiencing now suicides. Roll this and I will describe it as just people who are at the end of their rope who are leaping to their death and people are reacting obviously and it's over and over and over This are just this is like watching 
what happened at our World Trade Center on 9-11. Except this isn't a fire. These people are just trying to escape from the government, the lockdown, and hunger. It is a remarkable... I have to tell you, we are now sending helicopters to Ukraine. We're sending... um, We can stop playing it. These are just... Since I've been talking about this, it's just person jumping, person jumping, person jumping, person jumping. It's not like one. It's over and over and over and over again all throughout the city. We are now selling helicopters or sending helicopters and heavy artillery to Ukraine. This is something that three weeks ago, Joe Biden said, we can't do. Remember what 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 was it? Poland was going to send some of their old MiGs and they were going to send those MiGs uh, to where was it? Maybe Czechoslovakia. And they were just going to leave them there with the keys in it. And if people from Ukraine, pilots happen to go find them and take them, oh, we'd be really sad. And Biden stopped it because it could be an act of war. We're now selling and, and sending helicopters and heavy alt- artillery over to Ukraine. Wait, wait, could somebody tell me what just happened? What, what's changed in the last three weeks? Is it genocide? Because that's what the president says. State Department says they're not sure. Which is it? Are we stepping up to war? And we are looking at a tragedy, an absolute tragedy. And maybe genocide. Maybe mass slaughter of people in Ukraine. But this is one city in China of 26 million people. If 5% of them starve or die, that's 1.25 million people. 5%, gang. And our president hasn't even addressed it. Hasn't even said it. No world leader has. Where's the UN? Where's NATO? Where's anyone? Is anyone saying anything at all about China? No. No, they're not. You know why? Because everybody's been bought and sold. We've been sold, bound, and gagged. By the way, the stuff coming out of Shanghai... That's just the stuff that's gotten through and gotten out. Remember, Facebook and everybody else, they're, they're suppressing this in China. So this is just the stuff that's getting out and getting through. What are we not seeing in China? I saw a mother yesterday who mom, dad, and the sister and the grandmother had been taken from their house because they tested COVID positive. Their new newborn that was still breastfeeding was not COVID positive. And 
he was left at home. The mother was crying out for help. Let, what are you doing? I can't. You can't leave my son. He's a newborn. He's still breastfeeding. You can't leave my son here. She had no choice. We are living. We are living what people in the 1930s lived. Where great evil was happening all over the earth. Except back then, we weren't sure. We didn't have video. We couldn't see it with our own eyes. The New York Times hid what Russia was doing to people. Hid the slaughter of people there. They wouldn't verify anything about the Jews. They'd, they'd push that way back in the paper. Page A26, maybe two paragraphs. But the, the world could be held not really responsible in many ways because the people didn't know. We know, gang. We know. We have got to demand that our president, who has taken money from the Chinese, millions of dollars, through his son. And I would say this about Donald Trump, who didn't take any money from the Chinese. If he remains silent, shame on you. Do we not have any moral code left in this country? When will the people who represent us actually represent us and stop representing China? What's happening in China is an abomination. And remember, our elected officials... And now all of our corporations all believe China is the model. I warn. What you're seeing happen in China will happen here and all over the world unless someone has a backbone. And gang, it's only going to be the American people. It, it will. I mean, well, Canada... Look what the truckers did in Canada. Somebody has got to stand up and say enough is enough. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program, and we really want to thank you for listening. You know, you you think that a leopard can change its spots, and it can't. It can't. Marxism uh, and, quite honestly, intellectualism always ends the same way. When you put intellectuals in charge and they think they're better than everyone else. I mean, most people, most people really don't recall um, the five-year plan. In fact, 
in China, it's it's against the law to talk about the five year plan. You're you're not allowed to talk about it or teach about it. Most people don't know about it in China. And it it started with Mao saying, hey, we're better than this. We're capable of anything. And uh, we really need to we need to change the way we do industry and the way we do um, agriculture. And so he had a plan that was supposed to last from 1958 to 1963, and it was called the Great Leap Forward. It was the Great Reset. We don't work as well, so we have to change things. And he had a plan for everything from the way your family worked all the way up. And they were going to they were going to change everything. Industry could prosper if the workforce was well fed. And while the agricultural workers needed industry to produce the modern tools needed for modernization, that what he said was all we have to do is we have to make our own steel so we can make our own tractors and trucks and everything else. And then if we make all this stuff, then we can give it to the farmers and the farmers are going to just be able to make so much money. In fact, we're going to require them to make to grow so much food and everybody's going to have a quota. And it was great. It was great. And the people gave up ownership. Mao had his idea that you would own nothing and you would be happy. And so they gave up ownership of everything, and it was owned by the state and by the communes. So everything in these communes was controlled. Every bit of your life, you know, school, nurseries, health care, people moved into their what was called the houses of happiness so they could be looked after and taken care of by the state. All they had to do was just go to work. 700 million people had been placed in these communes by 1958. Here's the, here's the problem. Um, enthusiasm kind of stopped once they were in their house of uh, happiness because life was not as they said it would be. People owned nothing, but they weren't quite so happy. But they produced, and they, they produced and produced and produced. And they, they hit their steel quota. Propaganda was everywhere, including the fields. You could listen to political speeches as you were working. It was great because politics, it was everything. Everybody in communes was urged not just to meet the set targets, but to beat them. And if you didn't have the machine, well, use your bare hands. Quality became a little dubious. The problem is the steel that they were making wasn't holding up. The tractors that they were putting together weren't working. And then they had a weather turn. Well, here's what happened. Things started to go wrong in 1959. Listen to this. Political decisions and beliefs took precedence over common sense. I haven't heard that, have you? Have you heard any of this plan being discussed recently at all? Communes faced the task of doing things which they were incapable of achieving. 
party officials would order the impossible and commune leaders who knew what their commune was capable of doing or not could be charged with being a reactionary if they complained. Such a charge would lead them to be an outcast or be sent to prison. We're not having that problem, are we? Are you seeing anybody that's becoming an outcast because they disagree with where the political leaders are taking us? Saying that maybe this COVID thing is not a good idea. Maybe we shouldn't be handling it this way. Maybe your, your policies are leading to this inflation. Maybe we won't own nothing and be happy. Nobody's being made an outcast for those points of view, right? So here's the problem. Because they were trying to make steel, a lot of the farmers had to take work away from their fields. And so the fields weren't being harvested. And then they had problems with the steel that they were making to help the farmers. And then the weather went bad. What could possibly go wrong? Well, here's what went wrong. The first year, nine million people in China starved to death. Nine million people. Mao's attitude was, you got to break a few eggs to make an omelet. It'll get better. 20 million people died in China, starved to death before 1962. 20 million. They say that is a very low number. It's more likely that it was around 40 million people died. But we don't know because, you know, it's China. These communist countries, these countries that are set up where the elites have all of the power and they they do that because they care so much about you, the little person. They care and they know what's right for you. These countries that are set up like this always end up like China and and what's happening in Shanghai right now because they don't know better than you. They can't make decisions for your family. Do you think people would stay in their home after they know what they know about COVID? This is not the first run with COVID. Do you really think that they would stay at home, be locked inside? And do you think with what they know now and what we know now about COVID, do you think it would be worse than the possibility of one city, one, there are multiple cities locked down. This is just Shanghai. This is the financial capital now of China. This is our New York City, except New York City has 7 million people. They have 25 or 26 million people. Do you think if those people were allowed to leave and the truckers were allowed to deliver things, do you think there would be starvation? Do you think it would be 
a possible revolution because that's what they're headed for. And the only way to stop it, and this is why they're being so brutal, the only way to stop it is to kill people. And they have no problem killing them. Food would not have been rotting. Central planning never works. And we have so lost our our willingness to learn from the past. We're just trying to erase the past, which is strange because that's exactly what happened in China. Scholars now say in China that, you know, this is when they could talk in China. People who lived through it are now discovering the true history of the Great Famine. And they're now putting it together saying, wait, the government knew about this. They were the ones responsible for this. Those people who actually have seen the history in China now know what the problem is. And they know what the problem is with this COVID shutdown, too. It's the same problem, and it will end most likely the same way. And most likely, we will hear about some of the dead and some of the devastation, but not all of it. Here's a big difference, however. In 1962, China didn't affect us. China didn't affect the rest of the world. What they did with their citizens, I guess, was their business. This shutdown is already causing problems here in America. Remember, this is like January. Remember, we didn't really start to feel the effects until when? July? This is like January when we were first watching it and they were shutting down the city and it wasn't Shanghai and they were shutting everything down. We saw the effects within a couple of months. We're going to see the effects of this over here on what you can buy, what you can't buy, what you have access to, repair parts, chips, computers, everything. I mean, if that's what motivates you, you should look at it in a financial way. This is going to cripple the global economy. I just personally hope we get the message that we are going to have problems so we don't have to worry about food when the time comes. Please plant a garden. If you live near farmers, if you don't have a farmer's market, start one. If you do, start getting to know the farmers. You're going to need the farmers. Please be in a community where you all kind of think alike because you don't want to be alone. You don't want to be you don't want to be surrounded uh, in a city full of the people like Mao had. You want to be surrounded by God fearing people who know the Judeo Christian ethic of do unto others. Love thy neighbor. Listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program.
author of uh, Race Marxism. Hey, How are you, man? Man, I'm all right. Okay. Given the circumstances. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody always has to say that now. You know, other than the country burning down to the ground, uh, you know, I think we're fine. Um, so, so, James, I want to talk to you about uh, the cult dynamics of wokeness or wokeism. Uh, I've been laying out for the audience this week that, you know, we, we, are, we don't have a problem with too mu- uh, 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 not enough religion. We have too much religion. Um, what we're seeing with environmentalism and wokeness and CRT and, and race, everything, that is a religion. Uh, and it's become a cult. Can you explain um, how, because how, you've done serious work comparing CRT and, and gender and everything else to cult behavior. So take the process and and break it up for us. How do these people become members of this cult? How does this happen to half our, our country? Well, I'll tell you, the first thing people need to understand is you're spot on. So that's good to hear. Uh, it is a religion. Marxism is a religion. If you want to kind of nutshell for the, especially Christians in the audience, uh, where, where the Gospel of John says that, you know, the, the, the Logos is the Christ, that the, the Word became flesh. Uh, their religion is a religion of pathos, of emotion, of feeling, of fear, as a matter of fact. And so they have a religion of pathos. They've created a cult around it. It's the largest cult startup in human history uh, because they've been able to propagandize so effectively for it. And the way you get people into a cult is by manipulating their vulnerability. It's a very simple process. You make them feel vulnerable about something, and then you give them the resolution to that vulnerability through the doctrine. One of the things, and you're going to probably be surprised since we're, supposed, we're talking about Marxism, that I'm going to bring up here is you can tell people, for example, there's a very dangerous virus. This virus is incredibly dangerous, but if you just start wearing a mask, then you're going to be safer. So you give them a lot of concern, a lot of vulnerability, you make them afraid, and then you tell them something they can do, and then that will help them uh, protect themselves. And then you tell them, oh, no, you know, it's much worse than we thought. You have to stay home. Oh, no, it's much worse than we thought. You have to get this vaccine. And just step after step after step, you ratchet up the vulnerability, then you give them something in line with the doctrine that they can do to commit to, and that if they do it, and if everybody else does it too, then we're going to be okay. And that manipulation of vulnerability is exactly how you induce somebody into a cult. And if you want to mass induce a cult, you can see what we did on the media over the last two to three years. So why is it, though, that um, the left is susceptible to this? And I guess the right is in its own. We have our own cult-like kind of things. But when we're talking about, let's say, just the masks, it only worked on half the country. At least it's only still working on half the country. Well, you know, there's been this very long running program that I I still think that this is kind of the master key to everything. I've studied communism now for a number of years, and you hear this again and again, whether it's Mao Zedong, whether it's Lenin, it doesn't matter. The right wing people, the right wing people, the right wing people, that's the problem. And we've been laying tracks for 40 years that whatever the political right wants to do is evil, either evil or dumb or right. uninformed or propaganda. And so conservatives equals bad is actually the, the big cult. 
right wing equals bad is the big cult. And so they're very, it's very effective to get people to fall into, this is called social identity theory in, in social psychology, to get people to fall into two tribes or multiple tribes that are kind of against one another. They're, we've been laying tracks. I often like to blame John Stewart directly for this from the daily show. Mm-hmm. Um, as a matter of fact, to make it out that conservatives are always dumb, always bad intentioned, always bad people. So you find otherwise smart and intelligent people who identify as left liberals who in utter fear of being identified or as a conservative will go along with whatever the uh, establishment says. They also just aren't skeptical of that yet. CNN is TV, it's news. They're not skeptical yet. So when they come on and say, here's this thing, it's very scary. They get panicked and then they get drawn in through that, that pathos to doing what they're being instructed to do to resolve that feeling of discomfort. Okay, so the first step is you find something that connects with people emotionally. Um, you show them, wow, we're really vulnerable. This is really bad. Uh, but if you just do this and then you just keep moving them down the road, more and more demanding and insidious traits of the cult. Uh, and they just are kind of a, a frog uh, boiled slowly. The second step is indoctrination, right? Yeah, that's right. So, for example, to switch examples out of the virus and into racism or the, the critical race theory, uh, you tell somebody, did you know these little things that you're doing in your life are racist? And they, don't, they feel vulnerable. They start getting pulled in. And you give them, at some point, a lot of material to read, not just something they can do about, you know, you can do better, but now you need to read this book by Robin DiAngelo that explains racism and white fragility. You need to read this book by Ibram Kendi that tells you how to be an anti-racist. You need to start going to these meetings at work, these DEI meetings, and uh, listening to what they have to say. And you just start hammering the cult doctrine over and over and over again, while in the background, you're still running this vulnerability cycling. And then you can really get people to just get sucked into the worldview, as a matter of fact, that the cult has has decided to occupy. And so that that phase is, is, is an indoctrination phase. You're still using the vulnerability to get them pulled in deeper and deeper. And at this point, to separate them from people who would disagree with them. But you're also going to start asking them to read large amounts of cult literature, or exposing them to large amounts of cult information one way or another. Let me push back just a little bit um, and see if you can. Um, uh, and I'm playing devil's advocate here. But there was a problem in the Jefferson uh, administration, and the problem was uh, the um, the war in Libya against the uh, Barbary pirates. Uh, and he wanted to explain that this was this was crazy and very very dangerous what was going on, um, and so he wanted the uh, the Koran published in its entirety, not clips. And so they they published the Koran here in the United States in English. And he said, you have to read this because this is a threat and they won't stop. We might stop them this time, but they will continue to come at us until God says enough or we destroy it. Um, it, Why is that not a cult? Giving you lots to read. You know, I spend... Yeah, I mean, I I spend my entire day most of the time reading Marxism of some form or another, and Marxism is a gigantic cult. And so it's possible to study a cult doctrine without 
being pulled into the vulnerability cycling. The the if the woke call me racist at this point, it doesn't make me feel vulnerable. I think that I must have said or done something right, and so actually it adds confidence. But I want to understand. So. Uh, Reading through the materials of a cult so that you can understand how the cult thinks is not necessarily the same thing as uh, but, but, being pulled into it and, and, and made to conform to it on pain of excommunication uh, and, and verbal abuse, etc. So the difference here is that Jefferson made people fear. They were like, OK, this is a real problem. Here's what you need to do. You need to understand it. But then there was no there was no indoctrination, no making you feel like a bad person. You have to have those other things. Correct. Yeah. I mean, did Jefferson get the Quran published and then tell you you're not a real American and you have to leave if you don't read it? No, of course. He yeah. Didn't. He left. He left the liberty side open. Correct. Whereas, you know, if you start getting pulled into the to the critical race theory cult, they tell you you need to Robin, read Robin D'Angelo and you refuse to do it, or Ibram Kendi and you refuse to do it. Well, that's just you trying to protect your racism. That's just you trying to protect your access to whiteness. That's just you trying to keep uh, the status quo or the, your own benefit from it. And so they pull that. There's that. You see, that's that emotional vulnerability thing that they start ripping on you again. The second you don't comply, now if it's we go back to the masks, you don't wear a mask. You want to kill grandma. We're never going to get out of the pandemic if you don't wear your mask. You're hurting everybody. And that's the difference between a cult and giving people information about something that's going on and letting them choose to study it or not. And it is also the reason why they say the the conversation is over. The discussion is up. The science is settled. The earth is going to be destroyed. And uh, if you don't agree, you just want everybody to die a, a horrible death. Yeah, and you're just selfish and want to ride out your, your last few years with your pickup truck or whatever, having a good time, not caring about everybody else. That That's the emotion, emotional manipulation that they're using to to bring people into that doctrine. And then, like I said, they give you something to do every single time, which is going to involve reading a lot of literature to resolve your feelings of tension. Although these books actually will bring you even deeper into that, which then they can help facilitate how you need to be an anti-racist better or you need to do your part better or whatever it happens to be for the greater good. All right. So, James, can you take us through deprogramming and why don't we use gender theory as a as an in? Can you do that? Yeah, we yeah, we can give that a go. Deprogramming, by the way, is extremely hard. Uh, I don't want to give people false hope that we can just, you know, you know you're going to listen to the program and go out and just talk to people and they're going to suddenly <laughs> realize that there are right. two genders and everything's right. great. Um yeah, it turns out to be very difficult. Uh, usually what you have, though, with people who are in a cult is that they have a very hermetically sealed, if you will, belief system. So there's an excuse for everything. You say this, they have some excuse for that. And if you, if you want to get to the deprogramming, one of two things has to happen. Either you have to say something that gets them to kind of go cross-eyed for a second where they don't have their, their hermetically sealed answer available, or something has to happen in their life that shakes them up a little bit and causes them to have that initial doubt. It all starts with an initial doubt in the doctrine, something they can't resolve. And then when you, when one of those things happens, and this is where you, you know, I said more or less correct. And you wanted me to explain how you're a little less correct. They're not totally hermetically sealed. So when somebody experiences doubt, they're also experiencing starvation for reality. They're very hungry for an explanation for what's going on around them. They may only be able to digest so much. 
but they're very, you know, for example, many people who have voted Democrat their entire lives right now are noticing that the, the sexual grooming that's going on in the schools and the cult grooming, which is by and large more than the sexual grooming that's happening, when they see that, they see something is off. They know that childhood innocence is something important, something to protect, that children should not be sexualized or dragged into these identities. And this identity confusion, as a matter of fact. And so then that's where you're going to find that break. And then that's when you can start to have an open and honest dialogue because they're going to be starving for truth. They might not be ready to hear that the Marxists have run a sexualization of children program to overthrow society since the 1920s when George Lukács did it in Hungary. They may not be ready for that. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready for that, but God bless you for knowing it. Uh, so where do yeah, you start? They, well, I mean, you have to start where they're where where they are expressing confusion. If when you hear somebody say, for example, and you will hear this very many times now, what's going on here? And then you tell people, well, where you can start with that, if it's with the gender, is to say that some some very bizarre beliefs about gender have taken hold, and the people who are have taken hold of them have decided that they have to be put into children as early as possible. And then if you really want to throw a wedge in there, you can, you can point out, they say, you know, you, everybody believes it's to protect LGBT kids who don't have, you know, maybe the support at home or whatever. But if you actually read their literature about it, which is why you do have to do like Jefferson said and go get informed, you'll see, they say in their own words that, that queer theory, which is what is actually informing this is not about creating a stable LGBT identity. It's in fact about creating a identity that stays fluid and never solidifies. And if that alarms you about a child or seems to open them up to grooming, then we can talk further. James Lindsay, uh, he is the founder of New Discourses. You can find this at newdiscourses.com, newdiscourses.com. And he's also the author of Race Marxism. Both I urge you to check out. Na, 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 na.